from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Somebody's going to have Lamar Jackson's name up in the lights with as their starting quarterback. But will it be with the Baltimore Ravens? Nah. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Baltimore fans, you can call in. Tell us if we're wrong. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. At some point, like... You, you can only watch this disagreement play out so many times. You can only sit there and just feel the awkwardness from the franchise and the quarterback and feel the awkwardness from the finances and feel the awkwardness from the relationship. And then you read on ESPN.com, according to Jeremy Fowler and Jameson Hensley, this one important nugget, according to a source with knowledge of the contract negotiations, every single counteroffer to the Ravens last year made by Lamar Jackson was for fully guaranteed contracts that exceed that of Deshaun Watson, who got $230 bucks fully guaranteed. So if Harry Douglas and I are getting into his Lamborghini with the little gold wings, like, like uh, it's it's a neon-colored Lambo that we're getting into, and as the, the gold wings are slowly coming down, he looks over, he says, what do you want to eat? And I say, I want sushi. Now, I know full well that Harry doesn't eat fish like that, so he's not going to want sushi. So Harry's like, well, what about, uh, what about a steakhouse? Sushi. All right, what about Mexican? Sushi. What about Italian? Sushi. This is what's happening here. Every single, they can what about the whole way, and all Lamar's doing is leaving the room, and when he walks back into the room, it's the exact same set of demands. He wants fully guaranteed, and if it's true, if he's dug in on fully guaranteed, and they're not, there is no resolution. There is no in-between when it is that black and white, Harry. Yeah, in, in the Baltimore Ravens, they probably thought last year, Okay, Lamar Jackson's going to go through the season. They went through this story again a year ago. I said, okay, maybe some things would change. Nope. Lamar Jackson is standing ten toes down on what he feels like he deserves and he wants from the Baltimore Ravens from a contractual standpoint, and rightfully so. If it's, I say rightfully so because four of the five years that Lamar Jackson has been with the Baltimore Ravens, they've made the playoffs. Right, and, and, and a lot of that is due to his play and what he was able to do, basically being Superman. And the three previous years to that, they were playoff lists. They did not make the playoffs. So you, you look at the last two years, and last year they made the playoffs and they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, and a lot of his teammates basically said if Lamar Jackson was on this team, we would have won. When he got hurt, they were number one in the AFC North. The year prior to that, they were the number one seed in the AFC, Fitz. The number one seed in the AFC, right? And they did not make the playoffs that year, and that's the one year since Lamar Jackson's been there they haven't made the playoffs. So the proof is in the pudding for Lamar Jackson, wanting compensation for what he brings to the table. At some point, you got to also ask yourself, what else you want? And, and this, is, this is really for every fan base, but – I mean, my God, everybody's like, draft a quarterback, draft a quarterback, find a quarterback. And then you get a quarterback, the quarterback wants to get paid, and you're like, whoa, 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 don't pay your quarterback. You're supposed to draft the quarterback, and then he's supposed to automatically want to take a cheap deal. Why? 
Like, you, you've got an answer on this. Lamar Jackson is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, and if you have Lamar Jackson, you have a chance. Now people are going to come in, obviously, and say, well, with the, if you pay Lamar, you can't build a winning team around him. Okay, well, they didn't build the right weapons around him when they weren't paying Lamar, so maybe that's just the organization that sucks at finding wide receivers, and maybe you shouldn't charge Lamar Jackson money because you suck at drafting a particular position. I can't say that loud enough. And then if you're going to come in and be like, well, he can't get he can't stay healthy. Uh, based on what? Like, a couple of freak injuries does not suddenly mean that there's a there's an issue with your quarterback. So, if you really believe Lamar is not the guy, you're willing to go into this season with Andy Dalton? Because that might be your next best choice, Ravens fans. Andy Dalton, like, what are you doing? Well, and, and I'll say this about Eric DaCosta, their general, general manager for the Baltimore Ravens. They have done a great job drafting other positions. Sure, yeah. Now, what they need help in is drafting wide receivers. What they need to do is look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they've been able to find wide receivers time and time again without drafting them in the first round, Fitz. That's one of the things that the Pittsburgh Steelers have done a phenomenal job of over the, I would say, the last 10 to 12, 13 years is finding wide receivers who become household names without them being first-round draft picks. That's also something that the Cincinnati Bengals have done a phenomenal job uh, of, and I'll take the first round out of that because they do have Jamar Chase. But T. Higgins was a second-round draft pick. Right. I mean, and, and There's he, ways to do it. There's ways around it. You just got to get into your bag when it comes to that position. You just got to call Harry Douglas. Like, you just got to be like, hey, HD, which one of these wide receivers should I do? Like, mm. I, I have no problem looking at certain organizations and saying, man, they're trying to address that position. They just haven't done it. I think the Bengals tried for years to address the offensive line. They just didn't do it very well. Last offseason, they spent a bunch of money. It worked out. Look, the offensive line was much better. Like, sometimes you have an organization, a favorite organization, that stinks at drafting corners or, or linebackers. You know, you can look across and say, man, we just don't really nail this position. But through all of that conversation, okay, that's all fair and reasonable. You you want to add to that, not having a quarterback? Like, if you can't draft wide receivers and you're not good at that, that job's not going to get any better if you've got a trash quarterback. If you're sitting around with, with just a guy that doesn't belong as a starter, that doesn't make you more likely to make the playoffs. That doesn't make you more likely to compete with Joe Burrow. They're, like, there's just no win in this. Like, they they're sitting on a quarterback that a third of the league would give up anything for right now, and I truly believe that. And that's the thing for me is because when you look into the, the your own division, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, Joe Burrow the last two years, he has an AFC a championship appearance and a Super Bowl appearance. Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. Deshaun Watson, if he ever can return to the form that we've seen him before, you know, he had the off-the-field issues, that's another quarterback in your division. That's two in your own division. And Kenny Pickett, I would say Kenny Pickett down the stretch, he started to be a little bit better. But you can only think that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the offseason together when he doesn't have his mind racing 100 million, million miles per hour, that those guys are going to start gelling a little bit more with the skill position group and they're going to add to their offensive line to kind of make things a little bit easier for him. You, you can't just give away Lamar Jackson, the guy that's your starting quarterback to be in the face of your franchise and been the reason why y'all have made the playoffs for the last five years since he's been there? I mean, if, I'm, if I was sitting here, shoes on the other foot game, one of my favorite games to play in life with friendships and relationships, shoes on the other foot. If Lamar Jackson was the quarterback of the Raiders, 
right? Now, I know. I know right now that I'm going to spend the next 15 years having Patrick Mahomes use one middle finger to flip me off once and then the second middle finger to flip me off the second time. It's going to be very deliberate. Play him twice. Twice I'm going to end up with the bird, right? I know every single year I'm going to have Justin Herbert come in once and be like, <laughs> and then do it again to me. I know that the Raiders are going to have to be lucky more often than they're going to have to be good given the current roster to beat those quarterbacks every single day. If Lamar Jackson was the quarterback of the Raiders right now and the Raiders were considering giving up on him in a division that features Mahomes and Justin Herbert, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be going apoplectic. Like Ravens fans, understand, if you give up on on uh, Lamar Jackson to start over in the draft, you have a very good chance of getting your butts kicked for the next decade by Joe Burrow. Like There is no in-between on this. You are going to get thrashed for a decade because you were afraid of spending money on a quarterback. That is stupid logic to me. Oh, you, you, you mean... There's, they can potentially miss the playoffs like they did the three years prior to Lamar Jackson getting there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how quickly everybody forgets, right? <laughs> yeah, like how quickly everyone forgets. They, the Baltimore Ravens missed the playoffs the previous three years before Lamar Jackson got there. Since Lamar Jackson has been there, he has been one of the main reasons why the Ravens are able to contend. In the AFC, better yet, the AFC North. I don't. I listen. I if 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 it was me, I'm paying him. His, I'm paying him, paying him his money, and I'm gonna figure out throughout this draft because I do think it's a nice wide receiver class, and you can find guys um, in the second, third, and fourth round, and have decent quality guys that can become household names. I'm trying to figure out how I can get my guy some weapons without having to spend so much to get them. I'm I'm calling every outside contractor I can. I'm putting them on the books and I'm helping them figure out how to find the right wide receivers. And in the meantime, while I'm doing that, I'm not only sending bags of cash, just bags of cash over to Lamar Jackson's house. Each one of them has a different hand-drawn thank you note and an I'm, I'm sorry apology written on the inside. Like, if I'm the Ravens at this point, I understand that the one thing I can't have is Lamar Jackson walk out of me. Because if I lose that, I lose any fighter's chance at winning anything of relevance for the next several years. All right. That's a little bit of reality. Now, uh, we like to keep things positive here. And obviously, everybody that's listened to the show, particularly on Fridays, knows that you've heard of The Love Doctor. But coming up, I'm going to tell you what the exact opposite of The Love Doctor is. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a, a little package. You had a little, little package? Did, little did they know. Harry Douglas got a little oh, package? At that time, I had a little package. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown up now. <laughs> I think Evan Producer has now quit the show. Get it now, get it now. I'm confident we're the only show on ESPN Radio that talked about toots and packages today. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, 
Harry, Fridays has a, a bit of a theme. This started last week, Fridays. Tomorrow's Friday, obviously not today, but hear me out. We started a bit of a theme because, and all because of you, Harry. And like, we're just sitting around last Friday. Harry, uh, Harry posts a song to his Instagram. And before you know it, what are we doing on Fridays, Harry? Like, what's happening? Love Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the songs start to set that mood, right? Like, you know, we're trying to help people in the afternoon get ready for the night, right? Do you want to sneak peek? That's pee? right. No, yeah, them, oh. not, not just Friday night, but also the entire weekend for those who may need help. And even if you don't need help, I mean, the you, love will take over at some point. Listen, if you guys want to sneak peek, this yeah. is this is a little bit some of what we're going to do tomorrow. Okay. You know, we learned a lot about each other as a show staff as we started to assemble songs for Love Friday. Mostly because Evan came in and suggested, like, I don't know, Florida Georgia Line or something. Like, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but the R&B, the R&B game has been strong, uh, and it's been well done so far, Dev. Uh, Evan, do you have another, like, you're going to redeem yourself tomorrow with the suggestion for the, the Love playlist, Evan? I redeemed myself already last weekend. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Mr. Mr. Ceiling fan <laughs> himself. That took, that took a turn I did not expect. What? Wow. Evan, a.k.a. Mr. Ceiling fan, man. Oh, Forget man. Mr. Telephone, man. Mr. Ceiling phone, Hanging man. Hanging off the ceiling fan with my lemon pepper wings. That's only on this show. Uh, well, here's the thing. Tomorrow's all about the love doctor, right, and getting you ready for it. Today, though, mm-mm. today we're doing something different. We're calling this the logic doctor because I'll be the first to admit that the guys will come in and we're getting ready for the show and somebody, usually Evan's got this big, great take, right? Like Evan comes in and he's got this big, like, hey guys, I've been thinking, more of an Evan voice, guys, I've been thinking about it and I've got this perfect, like, we should talk about this. And he gets like a third of the way through and then all of a sudden here, you know it, like I'm doing it, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, actually guys, uh, that's impossible and it's not going to happen. And I realize that that makes me a downer. I realize that I'm the guy... That is now at this point, like you're trying to set the mood, you're trying to get, you know, ready for the love doctor. And I'm sitting here telling everybody about, you know, how to eliminate debt like that. Like I realize I'm ruining the mood, but I'm going to do that now when it comes to one big story that was going all over the place yesterday about Stefan Diggs to the Cowboys. Because Trayvon Diggs posted an edit of Diggs and a Stefan, I should say, in a Cowboys jersey on his Instagram with, quote, we need Cowboys Nation to go and help and tweet to get bro here. He told Blog and the boys recently, we need everyone to know. We need to put it on notice that we need to get Bro to Dallas. You like this? You like Stephon Diggs to Dallas there, Harry? I do. Mm. I do. But the thing is, what's going to be the compensation for the Buffalo Bills? And the reason why I like this is because CeeDee Lamb last year had over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. The next wide receiver had 555 yards. That was Noah Brown. That's unacceptable, right? You're putting entirely too much on CeeDee Lamb, but also you're not giving Dak Prescott that other lethal weapon in which he had in Amari Cooper. And I think for Dak Prescott, in order for him to, you know, be at his best, his surroundings has to be at, at their best as well. you got to have multiple guys at the wide receiver positions. you got to have your running backs healthy. The offensive line has to be productive and up, up to steady uh, to have great play. I just don't think that was the Dallas Cowboys in 2022. So that is all really smart, great information. And now I'm going to be the logic guy and tell you why it won't work. Okay. Like this is, I feel like I do this every single year on every single trade conversation that ever comes up. But my God, if the Bills were to trade right now, uh, before June 1st, if they were to trade Stephon Diggs, the dead cap hit would be $37.5 million for a wide receiver? No. 
No. Even if they trade him after June 1st, it's still a $12 million hit, then a spread over to a next year, and then an additional $7.5 million hit. That is way too much dead cap money. Like, I understand how cute it is for two brothers to sit side by side while they're tiptoeing through the tulips and they're they're telling each other how much they love their NFL careers and saying, oh, gee, bro, I love how much you're playing. Bro, I love how much you're playing. This is so awesome, and it's cute, and it's wonderful. Keep it for your Thanksgiving meal because none of it has any basis in actual logic right now. Diggs ain't going anywhere because it would cost the Bills too much money to do it. Hey, hey, the, the, you want to know one main thing I got out of that <laughs> out of that whole thing you just gave that, us? That I think brothers tiptoe? No. Oh. Why didn't you use their voices? Well, because I think culturally we know why. I'd like, let's be very clear. For reasons that don't need to be stated out loud, Harry Douglas can also, like, Harry, why don't you go ahead and give everybody the world's best impersonation of me, Devin, or Evan, any of the three of us. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh, guys. You know, what are we doing tomorrow? See? Okay. Now, will Evan, Devin, or I uh, impersonate Harry at any point? No. No, the answer to that is no. Across that's the negative, board. boss. That's a, Evan, Evan, you want in on that? Nope, Evan didn't even come to his mic. Evan, no Evan walked away culture, from huh? his mic. <laughs> Evan walked away from his mic. I don't know if he even still works for the show. I, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, that, they that say is, cancer culture is real, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I can tell you what, I won't be working for this show if I tried it. Right. So how was everybody's last day at ESPN? That's what they'd be asking us as we left the show. Uh, look, I don't, I, I, I don't know that I did a great impersonation of the Diggs, but I, I do like that I went with the Diggs brothers' voices and then the concept of them like locked arms skipping through the fields, and it was the voice that really uh, threw you off. That be- I, like I get, I get why brothers would want to play together. Think about although you and Tony, your brother, played different sports. Think about how special it would be to play with your brother. I, I well, that, can't that, even that, imagine. That's one of the things I actually miss about sports. Period is is being able to play with my brother. Uh, a lot of different times growing up and in high school, that was the last time we were able to do stuff. But we are best friends. We do just about everything together. But for them, it's also different as well because, you know, Stefan Diggs had to become the father figure for his brother Trayvon Diggs. And it's a few times that, you know, he had to go back and, and, and set Trayvon Diggs straight. But he was that guy for Trayvon Diggs to be able to look up to. And when he made it, and then when he was at Alabama, he was playing wide receiver, and then Nick Saban told him he was going to move over to, to, to the defensive back. Stephon Diggs was a guy that basically not, didn't tell him something that he wanted to hear, but told him what he needed to hear in that situation. And Lord behold, look at him right now. So to be able to see those two guys play together at some point, uh, I think would be remarkable for the NFL and also for their family. Now, I'll, I'll say that uh, Over the Cap gave me the other numbers. According to SpotTrack, another site that I think most of us use and we like, uh, if Diggs were to be uh, cut, just cut, the dead cap hit on that is $45 million this year, $25 million the next they ain't year. ain't cut no damn All right, right. Uh, 100%. Diggs. So, Did like, you, you know Josh Allen? In uh, his stats before he got Stephon Diggs, that see, and that's another part of this. I I'll acquiesce the fact that the Cowboys need a weapon, and I love the concept of Diggs being that weapon because of the family ties. But people in hell on ice water too. Like we can love the concept of these things being coming together and uniting. But again, I'll go back to the video game reference. Sometimes you suggest a trade, and the video game will be like, Nah, man, that ain't happening. But that's the first thing that happens here. But yeah. there is a wide receiver that's coming up in the 2023 NFL draft that I compared exactly to Stefan Diggs that happens to be one in Zay Flowers from Boston College. Do you, Love you like Zay about Flowers? His game. It, the, it, as soon as I seen him fit some, some years ago, 
all I could think about was Stephon Diggs. That's interesting to me because the wide receiver class, we talked earlier about Baltimore's failings with the wide receivers. This year's class for the what feels like the 87th year in a row has some guys that can come in and I think make immediate impact. Zay Flowers is on that list. Quentin Johnston is on that list. Um, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is on a lot of people's list in there. Uh, Addison out of USC is on that list. There are guys that can contribute uh, right away. So I, I think when you look at the wide receiver position, uh, if you need one, they'll be there to be had in the first round. You just have to prioritize at this point. If you want a wide receiver, you have to prioritize. Uh, you should also prioritize helping us help people in areas affected by the Turkey earthquake, including Turkey and Syria. Please visit redcross.org, redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Again, redcross.org slash ESPN. We have Kendrick Perkins every week. It's one of our favorite moments on the show, but this week is completely different, and you don't want to miss Perkins with us next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry. Perk, we got Swagoo coming on uh, in the next hour. Swagoo, like, is yep. he a big bird or is he a snuffle up against? Like, well, what, what, <laughs> what are we doing with Swagoo? <laughs> what, what, yeah, I mean, Swagoo wag body, he know it. He ain't going to hide it. Tell him I'm is, he, is he a Barney body? Like, what, what, what is he, a yeah, Barney, Barney body? body? <laughs> yeah, like, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't think it's an accident that Swagoo hasn't come on the show yet. Uh, like he's probably listening. Uh, we were talking about his Barney body, and and then saying no. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Eighty. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, one of my favorite human beings that works at this network, joins us every week. But like, there's just a, there, there's one word that I would use to describe Pet and Kendrick Perkins, uh, who's about to join us right now. That word is authentic, and like confidently authentic. I have actually learned a lot from guys like Swagoo and Perk here that have been so comfortable in exactly who they are. They're not afraid to be themselves in every single situation, which sounds simple until you're doing it in front of a camera or until you see social media react the way they react. Perk is consistent constantly himself and that's why we're really excited to talk to him this week talk to him every week but this week we're not just talking to him about basketball you're used to that this is about Kendrick Perkins the author because the new book is out it's sitting in front of me the education of Kendrick Perkins here's the first foremost question to me Perk like the process of sitting down and writing a book why'd you want to do it well what's up my good brothers hey it's good to hear y'all voices man that's the first thing let me say that but you 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 know what so, one, I needed people to know who who I am and what my journey was all about. And the, and the reason I felt like this was the time to drop it was because I started my second career, which is, you know, uh, being an NBA analyst on television. And so many people always come up to me and say, man, I didn't even know you talk. I didn't know you had a personality. Hell, I didn't even know if you smiled. And I thought about it before, you know, I started this process. And I was like, man, you know, when I was on the court, I was always mean mugging. I was the enforcer. People thought, probably thought I was just, you know, mean and crazy and all this, all this other stuff. And so now it was the perfect time to drop it so people could really know who the hell Kendrick Perkins is, what his journey was like, how he was raised, you know, what he went through, you know, 
the organizations I played in, uh, the Hall of Famers I played with, uh, the area I grew up, the culture changed when I went to Boston, things to that nature. And I felt like right now was the perfect time. So I would ask you, with the, within your book, Perk, what's the one thing, without giving out too, too many nuggets, because I want everyone to go out and buy it, the education of Kendrick Perkins, what's the one thing that sticks out in your book the most? Or just give us one thing. I don't want to say the most because I want you to say the uh, juicy stuff for people to buy. What's one thing that sticks out about about your book? Well, I mentioned the word rage, right? The rage throughout my book because I had to fight through so much adversity, right? And I was always raging in the inside because I had so much pain. You know, I lost my mom when I was five. She was shot and killed by her quote-unquote best friend, um, my dad was overseas playing professional basketball, didn't step in at all, didn't hear from him. And I had to, and I was taken in by my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother made 40 to $60 a week being a housekeeper. Uh, my, my grandfather was a janitor at the church making $350. And so it was so many nights that I cried myself to sleep. And I was always wondering if, and I was so always mad, and I and I and I had this, this this pain and and like this jealousy because I didn't have my dad and I didn't have my mom to know how it feel, and I had some of my friends and you know my cousins that had that father figure and that mother in their life to give them that security, and so what happened was it taught me how to whenever I face adversity not to run from it or get stuck right there in the moment, but to find a way through it. Because all my life I had to find a way through it. I had to find a way to get past certain situations, and I had to figure things out. And I did that, and that's why that's why I still have that mindset to this day. And so, you know, the one thing that sticks out to me is about, you know, basically no matter what you're going through, no matter how rough life gets, you know, once you get to that point where you have to battle something or an obstacle, you know, you got to figure out how to get through it. You know, don't let it stop life. Because a lot of people just stop living when they face adversity uh, and, and just stop in the moment. We're talking to Kendrick Perkins, author of the book, The Education of Kendrick Perkins, a memoir, is out right now. And Perk, you know, when you when you think about your life, you lived it, right? So walk me through the moment when you get this in your hand and you read through it and you get to that last page and you close the book and you realize that everything you wanted was just encapsulated in words here. Like, what were your emotions like in that moment? You know what? Uh, I actually cried like a baby. And it's crazy that I, I cried because my wife always say, like, man, you know, you don't show no emotions. Like, I could go to funerals of loved ones and, and I don't cry. And it's not because I'm cold hearted. It's because I always tell her that, you know, I don't have any more tears to shed. Like I cried so much growing up. And so, <clears throat> so when I got to the end of the book, I was like, this is it. Like, you know, I cried like a baby because everything that I put in my book is facts. Uh, the journey that I went through is facts. The stories that I told is facts. Uh, the lessons that I, I, I talked about for us, the community I grew up in, the area I grew up in, the, the history of the area I grew up in is facts, along with Boston, the organization that I talk, organizations that I talked about is facts. So everything was just facts. Even my father figured, even, even my father not being in my life. And, you know, as you as I'm reading through my book, I'm saying to myself, you know, 
this may hurt some people's feelings, but at the end of the day, I don't. I'm not the one that have to deal with that because I'm speaking my truth. And I, I will say this though, Pert. Um, I think it's great that you wrote the book, and I'm going to encourage everybody to go get it because there's a lot of a lot of people that we know, and then there are a lot of kids right now growing up that face some adversity and, and are in some adverse situations. But I tell everyone. You have a choice. You can change anything that you want to change. It just it starts with your mindset and having a vision. So I'm glad you did this, bro. Yeah. I appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's two more things, right, that I, I harp on. And there was about, you know, I, I spoke on my time when I was in Oklahoma City. Uh, and, you know, I, I got in some trouble outside of court where I got into a fight outside of nightclub. And, you know, and I spoke on how I went to anger management for a month and a half in Lawrence, uh, Kansas. And I was in there with, you know, a lot of high powered doctors and in, in the, in the class from eight to five during the summertime and you know, how it changed me. And the reason I shared the story one, because it was part of my journey, but two, I needed the African American community to know that it's okay to go seek help and counseling to go protect your mental because like, you know, I know growing up in the African-American community that if you tell your peers or your family members that, hey, man, I'm about to go sit down and talk with a counselor, you get laughed at or you get judged. And I needed to let people know that it's okay. You know, I also dove into the African-American uh, males for as drugs and how, you know, a lot of, a lot of children – are brought up in households where, you know, their daddies are drug dealers and that's the only thing that they see and know. And so at times they have no other option but to follow suit. So I really dove in deep and I really gave education and that's why I combined the two with my journey and enlightening people and educating people and of the outside world how it really is. One thing we've always talked openly on this show about for both of us is how much therapy means and uh, how much it means to both of us. And, heck, man, anger management helped change my life, too. Dude, always proud to know you, but particularly it takes a lot of courage to put your life on paper for people to read. Uh, more proud of you than ever today, dude. Uh, congratulations on the book. The Education of Kendrick Perkins, a memoir. Uh, go get it wherever you get your books, and we'll make sure we get a le link out for all y'all. But, uh, Perk, most importantly, dude, proud to know you, proud to call you a friend. Hey, thank y'all so much, my brothers. I love y'all for this, man, and I appreciate y'all. And next week when I come on, man, we talk straight basketball. Well, I got some stuff <laughs> I need to get off my chest. Well, plenty of place and time All for right. that, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, my brother. Thank L you. Like I said, guys, we'll make sure that we get a link tweeted out that shows you the book and where to get it uh, from the ESPN radio account. I just sort of said we're going to do that, which puts more work on Devin and Evan's plate. But, heck, that's what they're here for. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the Lakers coach, Darvin Ham, said something that absolutely surprised us earlier. What did, the coach, what did LeBron think of his coach's comments? You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 is a magic number. It has been a disaster, Fitz. Yeah, I, I don't. It's been a disaster. They missed the playoff twice and got bounced in the first round once. They, they, if you take away that bubble championship, it has been a disaster. And now they're the 13th seed. 
I'm not scared to say it. I'm, I'm calling a spade a spade. Three hours later. How do you recalibrate expectations when you have to realize that the right now isn't where you thought you'd be, but you still have to make the most of it? That's the situation that the Lakers are living right now. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. want to say it again in case you weren't listening to us last segment. The Education of Kendrick Perkins, a memoir, is out now. Get it wherever you get your books. Really appreciate Perk coming on, being open and honest with us. Uh, that's real stuff, and we love talking about that real stuff. So I uh, want to really embrace that. In the meantime, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits. In one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Harry, we just heard you say it earlier. You've had a minute to think about it. I, I think we both agree that whatever the Lakers chapter has been with LeBron is a disappointment at this point. Yeah, it has been to me because you, you look at the duration of the time that he's been in Los Angeles. And when he first got there, they didn't make the playoffs. Then they went to the bubble situation. He was able to win a championship. Then they get bounced in the first round. And then they didn't make the playoffs a year ago. Now they're sitting in the 13th seed right now. When you acquire a LeBron James, automatically you say, you know what? Championship. And not just championship, championships with the, with the S around it. Right? And then when they acquired Anthony Davis, you even said, okay, they had, they're more likely to win more than just one championship. Right? But that hasn't been the case for this team. And now tonight, they have an opportunity, and we heard from Darvin Ham, we heard from LeBron James, we heard from all these guys. Tonight, I'm, I want to witness and see what they're going to be able to do on the basketball court versus the Golden State Warriors. Well, you mentioned Darvin Ham. He's the Lakers head coach. And part of this conversation comes because of his comments about what the Lakers' goal is for the rest of this season. This is what he said. Well, we can go and secure a spot. That is our goal right there. And, and if we fall into a play-in situation, so be it. But our number one goal is to go secure a spot, not just to throw games off here and there and just wish for a play-in. We want to go secure a spot. That would mean a minimum of a sixth seed. So that looks like that's the goal. Now, obviously, when you hear that, it's a little jarring. Uh, when you talk about championships, and then it's like, well, we're, your goal is just to secure a playoff spot. LeBron James said this moments ago at a shoot-around about Darvin Ham's goal. I mean, it's good to always set goals. Um, obviously, you always want to stay in the moment and, and take what's ahead of you, but you know, it's always good to set goals and see what you can accomplish. Very politically correct answer. I say politically correct, but it's a very safe answer. From it's good to have goals, you know. Good for that feels like I walked in with my first ever business plan to somebody, and I'm like, I wrote a business plan. They're like, good for you, buddy. Like, you know, it's a me coming out of the gym after I worked out and I was lifting 20 pound weights, and I walk up to Harry Douglas, who's like using his pinky toe to wit to lift 80 pound weights, and he's like, good for you. That's what I feel like we just got. <laughs> good for you, buddy. And I will say this. Luckily tonight, they can start to achieve goals, right? And, and you only can, like LeBron just said, what lies ahead of you? Right now, what lies ahead of them to go to state Warriors? And also lucky for them that Steph Curry won't be on the basketball court, and neither will Andrew Wiggins. So mm. that's more of a reason why the Los Angeles Lakers should win this ball game. but I would never count out the Golden State Warriors because Steve Curry and what he's been able to do with this team when key guys have been out has been phenomenal. We got to remember now, not too long ago, the first half of the season, they played against the Boston Celtics without Steph Curry and still won that game. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not just going to count out Golden State. You still got to go out there and you got to put your stuff together. The guys got to play well. But tonight is the first step, like LeBron mentioned, 
this is the most important 20-plus games of his career. When you've said that, that it's the most tw- important 23 games in the regular season of your career, you've set an expectation to your team. We talked about that the other day. Harry, in my mind, we'll see how much that expectation is sitting in tonight based on the pop, like based on the energy, right? Like I'm the first to admit yep. that sometimes, for whatever reason, you just don't have it, whether it's in a radio show or in a concert, whether it's in a sporting event. There are just going to be days where, for whatever reason, teams come out flat people come out flat. And I, I excuse that sometimes because I just think that's very real. You don't always have a good explanation. If after all of the things that we've heard over the last several days and the break, the Lakers come out flat, we are in absolute panic mode. We are in absolute crisis mode. It is full Kermit the Frog running around, flailing his arms everywhere saying, ah! Because if the Lakers come out anything less than the best of themselves right now, then you know the message didn't get through and that makes me think the season's lost. Well, I will say this. If they come out flat, can you imagine Fitz and Harry on Love Friday Mm. talking about how flat they actually did come out after we just heard from Darvin Ham and LeBron James and what this team has to do and the goals that they just set? Yeah. I mean, we won't be making love to any of the uh, Lakers comments there. Like, it'll all be, it'll be very. It'll be angry love. Well, it'll be like tough love, right? Like, tough love where you say, there you go, tough love. Yeah, sit down like a mom. Sit down like a mom that's like, hey, I expected better from you. You know what? I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Like, the the worst words. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, bro. That's worse. When, when, when someone says they're not mad at you, they're disappointed. Disappointed is the, is the worst thing somebody can say to you. I, yes and no. My mom used to beat my butt with a pizza paddle, and that hurt more than disappointment. I'm just saying, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, disappointment doesn't keep you sitting on your butt weird in a chair for the next three days. I'm just saying. Uh, the Lakers will be in action tonight. Uh, you won't want to miss any of that. You also don't want to miss Kenny and Carlin coming up next. Thanks for hanging out with Harry Douglas and me, Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.